What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the ProHo Podcast. I'm your host, Penda Jai. Another Wednesday, another day to talk all things about pleasure and joy. And I'm so excited today to be joined by Jiminika. She's an incredible sexual healer and trauma specialist, all of the good things, lover of wrestling, and just gives you all the magic and energy that you need in your life. So I'm so thrilled to speak with her and discuss the ever important conversation of pleasure and for all of us during this time, leaning into that pleasure, understanding how important it is to my joy and my energy is really important. So without further ado, welcome, Jamanika. Hello. Hello. I'm so excited. Also, thank you for acknowledging my love of wrestling. <laughs> yes. I mean, we need to throw that out there because I don't know like how many people like, so what kind of wrestling before we get into the proper introduction, like, please tell us about this love of wrestling. How did it come about? <laughs> um, I accidentally found it when I was nine. Um, so I've been in and out. I love professional wrestling. I like to go to shows, just a different type of energy. I love that there's been a large, a large showing of more black people because, you know, I'm rooting for everybody black. So I'm like, yes, yes. finally. <laughs> um, but it's, it's beautiful. Like it's an art, it's acting, it's sports. It's just like a combination of different things. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, I only know like the Bella Twins and John Cena, basically the rock. Those are like the three that I know the most famous, okay. but I'm sure there's okay. a, a myriad of other, mm-hmm. of other black folks showing up in the ring these days. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> well, do you want to tell us a little bit um, about your work and why do you think pleasure is political? What does that mean to you? Yeah. So my name is Jiminika Eborn. I am a comprehensive sexuality educator. And I always say comprehensive because I'm sure you know that like, it's not just about our body parts. Like it's our thought process because sex starts in the brain and like feelings and communication. And I love talking about that. I think growth comes in uncomfortable spaces. And when people talk about sex, they start cringing and I'm like, yes, we're about to break through. I am also a trauma specialist. I started in the field. Um, I'm going to say a hard thing. My mom was killed when I was one um, and they found me with her. So for me, I'm like, I've always been in trauma spaces. Um, and as I got older, I've done a lot of reading. I learned how to read real early, like four or five. I was nosy, still nosy. Um, <laughs> and it led me to like wanting to help women. And so I went to school for domestic violence, another hard thing. My third year, I was raped. And that just changed the course of everything. Um, I got kicked out of school. Best thing, because my anxiety was high. It was awful. Um, And I became a rape crisis counselor. It was all volunteer. I was the first person that people saw in hospital. Um, And I sat with them while they did their start kits and retold their stories and all of these things. It was the most humbling thing I've ever done in my life to this day. And that was like, okay, this is what I want to do. So I kind of pivoted my work to be focused on learning and exploring mental health. So I'm back to school for psychology, finished with my undergrad, and then just started working in different mental health facilities. I work with teenagers. I worked in eating disorders. I worked in high trauma spaces. I worked in femme spaces. I kind of just wanted to go everywhere. And again, what kept coming back was sexual assault and trauma. And I was like, okay. This is, this is where we're supposed to be. And then um, for those that work in mental health and or, and or are healers, it could be a lot. So I had to take breaks 
I did weddings, played with babies. <laughs> so I was <laughs> yes. like, this big became a nanny. And then I was like, I want to work in sex. My mom's response, oh, hell. So I was with my grandparents. She was like, oh, hell, what does that mean? I was like, I don't know yet. But for <laughs> me, it meant I wanted to work in a space that was ever evolving and yes. was never boring because there was always something happening. So I got in the field and was like, oh, look at all this fun, scary stuff, with all these lubes and the kinks and the education. And I was like, overload. But what I also noticed was people were talking about all the pleasure stuff, which is great. We need that. Right. Yes. But people weren't talking about like the precursors, trauma. Like we have to get through that to get to enjoy all the lubes and the toys and the <laughs> yes. vibrations and the kinks and things. Um, so that's, that's where I've been. It's been such a beautiful journey. Um, and you asked about sex being political. Yes. Um, and pleasure being political. And I think especially for those that have melanin in our blessed skin, mm -hmm. our bodies have always been used against us. And they Absolutely. have been abused over and over and over again. And, you know, people, people always want to speak on our bodies. We shouldn't wear this. We shouldn't do this. We shouldn't look like this. But in the same breath, those lacking the melanin do the same exact things. And they are known as creators and founders. Yes. Right. And you're like, I've been doing this, honey. This right. is organic. Yes. Um, and so for me, it's, it's everything. And I think people don't want us to find happiness and pleasure in our bodies because they know. And I think they're learning today because the world's upside down that when we realize our strength and our power, how we can really show up yes. and take over what exactly. is already rightfully ours. Exactly. We have been doing this for so long. And now that the world is kind of on pause and people are like, you're getting more followers and people are like, oh, wow, all these black creatives, they're making cool things. And it's like, now nah, we've been on this. Y'all just, followers. all these followers where it's just kind of like, you know, for whatever reason, I know my friend, she works in media. She's like, sis, there's a whole algorithm that just doesn't even cater to black people's content. And that even kind of blew my mind. I was like, what do you mean? They're suppressing the algorithm is suppressing pressing us and just it's like you said I think so much of our bodies and of our work has been used for the consumption of non-black people and so by just standing in in that joy and expression is a resistance in itself of being like hey I know I didn't have the right to do this even a hundred years ago really um I'm going to make the choice. It's for once, I feel like it's something that's in our control. And even still, I mean, it's in our control, yeah. but we still have laws that are governing like our reproductive rights. We see mm -hmm. it in the maltreatment of black mothers giving birth. Mm -hmm. We have more power, but it still doesn't feel like it's completely within our narrative. Do you know what I Not mean? Not at all. Not at all. And then even with that, they still pick and choose. Like, why is there so much pushback against our black trans sisters? Why are people so scared of that beautiful power and those beautiful beings as well? Like, it's just so many levels of like, well, you're not, you're not that black or you, I mean, you are cute. So we'll let you like, get out of here. Yeah, like exactly. that's, that's not it. And as you talk about all these followers, I actually have a video coming out today. Yes. My, my new white follower. Ooh. Yes. Yep. Because I want, well, it, uh, ooh, it's aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
I can't wait because I saw your post when you were like to my black to my new black followers. Yeah. So I was like, okay, so I peeped that. So I can only imagine that the messaging is going to be a little different. It's aggressive. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It's a hey, have a seat. You ready? If not, you can leave. But this is what it is. Yes. Yeah. And and I mean to your point of of people being picky on what kind of black they accept is I honestly do feel like sometimes it's it's even within our own black communities Agreed. that they're you know cuz I and I point this out I'm like if you're only supporting black love when it is a uh, heterosexual love you are not in support of any type of progressive black sexual dialogue or politics, right? People don't understand this heterosexism within black communities is also supporting racism. Like they are one and the same. They are, they are supporting each other. So it's like, we need to, we need to let go of this, this training that we've taught of one kind of black is better than another kind of black. And I would see Mm -hmm. that in classism, elitism. If you went to this school or if you have this job, brown paper bag tests, like do you realize these systems are in place by oppressors to divide Mm -hmm. us? You know, There's, There's so much unpacking that people have to be willing to do. Yes. Right. Like what I've also had an upright, but people being like, can you talk about, um, black lives matter? No, I can't talk about Black Lives Matter. That is not my line of work. Right. Like I'm still learning myself and unpacking my own things and stop assuming that all black people know the same thing. Yes. We don't. We all we have don't. Our own work. <laughs> we don't. We don't all do social justice work. Yes. Fun fact, we don't all do social justice work. Right. But not all of us show it that I'm here and vocal and present and I want to educate you. That's not the vibe for, for all of us. Um, no, it's a free vibe. Yeah. <laughs> that part. <laughs> That's really, you know, cause I'm like, you know what? It could be my vibe. vibe. It very well could be my vibe for the right, <laughs> for, the for, a right cool, for a beautiful for a set coin. of coins. Yes. Yes, exactly. But I do want to go back and thank you for sharing so much about your, your childhood and, you know, other parts of your life that are very vulnerable. But I, I do feel like a lot of people that I end up speaking with and advocating for uh, in terms of their pleasure and their joy oftentimes have a lot of suppressed sexuality and pleasure because of religious trauma or societal trauma, cultural shame. You know, I grew up, my father was an immigrant from Senegal, Muslim. So we were, it was always just like, I'm, I came to America, I'm hustling, I'm making a life for my kids. Any other fluff is just not really necessary. We, like, we don't need to worry about feeling good. We don't take vacations. We we're don't, just we being. <laughs> we're just being, you know? Yeah. And so, and so I appreciate when you say we have to work through all of those situations and analyze a lot of our adolescent childhood behaviors in order to access pleasure and to tap into a more comprehensive sexual practice as adults. So I wanted to yeah. know, in your opinion, what are some ways that people can begin to unlearn those teachings or what are some grounding practices or techniques that, that are efficient? Yeah, I think first we have to address where our shame is. Like, where is it and where it comes from? Like, I think people just try to jump into things without ever addressing the root, right? Like, like if we're just like, oh, look at all these flowers. Why do they keep dying? Because you're not taking care of the root problem. And so navigating, like, where, where are my missteps? Like, what are my struggles? What kind of generational trauma do I need to address for myself? Um, That can be so helpful to like slow down. Also trusting yourself. Like there's yes. going to be so many people. I hear it all the time. Well, that sounds like some white people stuff. 
is it is that is this how we categorize things and white people think black people think like i just went hiking my mom was like that's not white how is outside white but it's like the generational like things and the ideals so we have to work on unpacking the ideal and then start doing like your own self-work like working on like what do you actually want to do? Like, what are the things that interest you? Um, yes. Also finding people that look like you in whatever community and space that is can be so helpful. Like it's so helpful to see other black people doing kink. And I'm like, Oh, look at you. Yes. Oh, you. So finding like like-minded people, even like finding community to have conversations with can be so helpful. Um, but I think the biggest thing is unpacking your own shit. Yes, that's, that's it. And then trusting yourself to take care of yourself. And if you have other things, getting mental health support can be great. And when I say that it isn't just talk therapy, like somatic therapy is also great for those that don't know, like somatic therapy is working on our bodies and like what we're holding in. So my degree, my last degree that I just got is in health psychology, my master's okay. in health psychology. And so it's connecting the traumas in our bodies and how they manifest in other ways. So connecting the trauma that we've been enduring and the things that we have been listening to and seeing where they're sitting in our bodies. Yes. Like everyone's telling you, well, you showing too much skin, you're fast. That's going to get you harmed. I know black people know about being fast. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and like, you're like, am I being fast or am I just, comfortable in myself like am I not allowed to be comfortable you are allowed to be comfortable and maybe even hearing someone else affirm that for you can be so helpful like I know I'd be like struck like even think about like oral sex I'd be like I don't uh, I'm, I'm beautiful. <laughs> hold on well, let's tell me more about this right so like yes. having other people affirm you can also be helpful um and another thing that I always tell people is have dates with yourself and people are like, yes. what does that mean? I'm like, you know how you want that person to do all these things for you? Why don't you do it for yourself? Why not? Have, have that bomb dinner. Cook it. Go buy it. Whatever you want to do. Take a bath. Take a shower. Use your favorite products. Do your little makeup up. Do a face. Put that lingerie on for you. You know, get yes. whatever your favorite toy is or buy that toy you've been eyeing. And then set the scene for yourself and explore. I think that is so helpful working with trauma, just working over um, the different ways that people have oppressed us, like taking that power back into your own hands. I think it's so helpful navigating all of this stuff. Cause then you can be like, I got, let me tell you what I like. So we can save some time. Yes. So we can do the thing and both enjoy. <laughs> there are a lot of genius gems that you just dropped. Like, first of all, one of my friends, she hit me up and she said, is it, you know, is it bad if I use my stimulus check to buy a vibrator? And I said, sis, you better go ahead and just spend your coins on whatever's going to make you feel good. Yes, buy all the vibrators. And I just think, like you said, it's like getting to know what you like, being curious, treating yourself well. Like once you're able to establish what that looks like for you, then of course you'll be able to better communicate it to a partner. And um, to your point about finding kind of your community, I wanted to get your take on, because I am a porn watcher, but I wanted to know for you, do you find that porn is a great tool for kink and to kind of find your tribe and find your vibe to visually experience things that you may want to incorporate into your own sexual practice yes i'm like yes, yes. <laughs> i think porn <laughs> is great for the idea right yes. like don't 
Don't just be like, oh, I'm going to just put my fist in somebody. No, no. Let's have conversations. Let's, <laughs> don't just try to mimic. Mimic. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Don't try to mimic the things. But I do think, and I have a lot of friends that do porn and yes. they have so much knowledge and are educators, like sex workers all across the gamut. I love them. I'm yes, like, they've same. been doing this work longer than all, <laughs> than all, all of us. But I think it can be a great tool to like open your mind up and be like, I didn't know that was a thing. And then you can go and research it or you can get ideas for like new positions or new things. Also, I think it's a great tool to share with a partner. You could sit down and be like, hey, so remember that thing I tried to describe, but I couldn't find the word. (laughs) This is what I would like. Yes, yes, exactly. I think it's great. And also like doing like exchanges, like, so here's some of the things I like. Maybe these are some of the things you like. And then having that non-awkward conversation. (laughs) <laughs> of like the yes. presentation and yes. then being like, oh, okay. It's kind of like the uh, yes, no, maybe list. Right. And it's like, but a visual version. I think porn is great. I think it's amazing. And I think because there's so many more bodies that look like our bodies out there now, that it could be even more empowering. Yes. Yes, I agree. I mean, I saw something the other day. I think it was fake, but one of our favorite porn sites said that <laughs> basically in honor of Black Lives Matter. That, I saw that. I'm mad. Yes, I'm mad because everyone was in the comments like, this is not true. I, they were saying you can go on the site and that's all that they were going to feature were, were, was ebony black porn, basically. And everyone was like, the site is not <laughs> reflecting your clue. We're like, this is not, that's not the move. This ain't it. This is, <laughs> this, this isn't, don't do this. Please stop. No, do not. Do not. But it was just, so many people send it to me and I was like, wait, I I can't believe that this is true. Oh my gosh. I didn't even click on it. I was like, (laughs) I'm going to go watch 90 Day Fiance or something else. I can't. Something else. Exactly. But I love the the way that you said about kind of like the yes, no, maybe for porn. I've had a couple partners who will send me like a porn clip via WhatsApp or something and be like, yo, the next time that we're together, this is what we're getting into. And it, it really does. I what think it kind me? of sets. Yeah. I'm like, I love it. Yes. I'm like, I love getting receiving porn and I love receiving uh voice notes. Those are things that are you gonna tell me what what we're gonna get into later via voice note. I'm I'm into it. Um but it was nice that the the porn video kind of set the tone so we were we were kind of both walking into it already being like we know we're both down we consent on this is something we want to try and like Mm -hmm. ease our way into it. So so I definitely appreciate that as a tool. And um, another thing that you said was about how a lot of our mental thinkings are personified physically. And I wanted to know kind of in your work, what are some of the physical symptoms that maybe you see that are linked to kind of like sexual depression? Mm, yeah. So I, I think the just the inability to like get out of your head. So like the inability to focus because you're mm-hmm. constantly thinking about all those other things. So you're not going to enjoy it. It can also yes. affect the arousal. So for those that have vaginas, like maybe you will not become wet, quote unquote, you won't become wet, you will become lubricated. Um, For those that have penises, maybe you'll become erect because you're so focused. Um, Also, your body can super tense up. Mm. Like your your anal cavity could just be like, I'm so good. No, <laughs> not so don't, don't come near me. I don't care if you bring off the lube. I'm not doing it. Yes, <laughs> right? Yes. Like, And those that have vaginas, like it can really tighten up. And then it can also cause pain. 
Um, I think those are mm-hmm. those are different things that people don't really think about. People are like, well, you're not enjoying it, and it's not that I'm I want to. Yes, but exactly. It's the unpacking of all these things that have been told to us over time, over and over again, and the repetition of hearing it, you start to believe it. Yes. And so you have to unpack it like body hair. People are like, oh, well, your body hair looks like this. And I see your face. He was like, yep. Um, and then <laughs> yes. we've heard like, I don't know about you, like growing up, like there's such an emphasis on the essence of a vagina, what the hair looks like, what the grooming mm-hmm. looks like, the leg yes. hair, the body hair. But no one cares about everybody else. Like who, everybody don't want to be a hairless cat. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> like I found myself walking into situations and like trying to preface it by saying, "Oh, I didn't have a chance to wax, or I didn't. I'm a little hairy." And I'm just like, "Sis, listen, you're welcome. I brought a, it. You're well. You know, we have body hair for a reason. It protects us. And you know, groom it how you want to. If you don't want hair, cool. That's not my business. But you don't get the uh, the right, the audacity. And I've had partners be like, "Well, could you? I'm like, could you? <laughs> I seen you pick up Nan Razor." I'll wait. Yes, yes. Okay, then shut up. Listen, they should be so blessed that we are in their presence. And whoever is listening, allow these people to thank you for showing up and sharing your body with them. They're welcome. They're welcome. They're welcome. You know, I had I had a man once offer to shave it for me, and I was like, hmm. Hmm. You know, I was like, you know, I don't really trust anyone else with a razor. Um, I'm at China, but I feel like if it's that important to you that I am hairless, then this is probably just not. You're focusing on the wrong thing. You're focusing on the wrong thing. Exactly. I wanted to touch a little bit more, um, switch it up on the the topic of boundaries, because Mm. I know in your work, you, you say boundaries are sexy. And I want to know just kind of what do you mean by boundaries are sexy or or for people who have difficulty putting boundaries in place? What does that look like for them? Boundaries are my favorite. I think, you know, growing up and not understanding, like I had rules, but were they necessarily boundaries? Were they just having the things that my parents told me and there was no conversation or were they boundaries? Probably the latter, right? Yeah, they're not boundaries. They're not. Right. So I think for me, like as I've gotten older and understanding, I'm like boundaries are a way to keep myself safe and and my partner safe. It also allows for control. It allows for communication. Um, And when I say boundaries are sexy, if we have already had a conversation and we can talk about like, hey, here's the things that I do not like. These things don't make me feel safe. And you're like, cool, cool. I hear you. You and I are about to fornicate. And I'm like, hey, these are the things that make that cause me pain. They make feeling safe. And your response is, okay, great. That already is taking pressure off of me. And that's something I don't have to think about. So that is going to allow me to opt in and like Mm -hmm. be more present in my body. And it kind of takes away a little bit more stress. Maybe there's going to be F-ups you know, every now and again, but, but I think boundaries also force you to communicate more and allow people to show up. Right. So there's so much that people don't allow others to see because they're nervous about it. Because maybe I know for me, I've been like, Hey, so maybe no, you know, I'm talking about it. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yes. But like, if I am allowed to like be my full self, 
and you get to be your full self and we get to be as nasty as we want to be in our full self. That is sexy. That That is is so sexy. Yes. And when we're talking about like, how do I do that? Right. Like I also do like college speaking engagements. They're my favorite because those children, they cringe and start (laughs) squirming in their seats. And I'm like this. (laughs) Like, if you are like, I don't, I don't know how to do this, practice. And people are like, oh, I can practice this? Yes. Practice with friends. Practice writing it down. Record yourself being like, so my boundary is please never stand over me while I'm sleeping. Play it back and be like, okay, maybe I should add this word in. And if you want to practice yes. with friends, I practice everything. I'll be like, hey, wh- what do you think this is? How does this sound? Yes. Because the practice allows you to get more comfortable with it. So if something comes up, it just naturally flows out of your mouth. You're not overstressing. For me, when I say it's sexy, it allows people to just be there versus continuously replaying the what if in our head. Mm. The what if will take (laughs) you out and then we're going to be like, I can't, I don't want to do this no more. I thought about all the things that this could go wrong. And I feel like that in my head, you're going to do it. So now I can't do it. (laughs) We will talk ourselves out of things. Absolutely. And sometimes when I think about past relationships or scenarios and I'll reflect, I'm like, wow, I didn't show up as my full self in that relationship for whatever reason. Like I don't, I didn't feel that I was trusting of myself or vulnerable with my own like personality. I I always like found myself being really sheltered and closed off with, with X amount of people, but I really wanted there to be some kind of connection. And I thought like your, to your point of if I would have been better about communicating and, and setting those boundaries, perhaps there would have been more space for me to step in and feel like, wow, I feel safe as myself right now mm-hmm. because this person already understands like, what are my, what are my clear no's and yeses? But I feel like always trying to navigate and you're always worried about like, am I coming off as like a bitch? Am I coming off as a prude? Am I coming off as conservative? But I think if I would have perhaps had those conversations Mm -hmm. then I could have said like, Hey, this is who I am. If you're down to accept it, great. I can step into that fully as opposed to kind of trying to tiptoe around Mm -hmm. like who, how I was just going to present myself. Yeah. I also think that's more unpacking that we have to do Mm -hmm. um, because we're taught to be cute and docile And like, well, I guess, oh, no, well, right? Like, no, screw that. You are allowed to show up and be happy and enjoy your fornicating. Fornicating is one of my favorite words. You are supposed to enjoy the fornication, right? Like, if you're not enjoying it, why are we doing it? That's my model is no mediocre sex. Like, if we don't do this, if we don't fornicate, (laughs) we're going to do, we are going to step, do all of it, Mm -hmm. all of it, all Mm -hmm. the kink, et cetera, et cetera. Do you advocate for kink? I mean, I know that's not something that you can just tell people like, Hey, y'all, y'all got to be a little kinkier, but do you feel like in your teachings, (laughs) in your practice, is it something that you, you, um, just advocate for people to try and explore like what, and it doesn't have to look like BDSM or it doesn't have to be extreme, but is it something that you encourage people to kind of tap into? I do. Right. Like I, think there's so much healing in it and also working with like trauma survivors a lot of people think it's we all got to be hanging off a chandelier some people like that but also (laughs) like i'm gonna share i like a good butt punch people be like what i'm like yes it's it's a funny thing it's pressure it's fun and people are like huh (laughs) i also think there again 
working with survivors, it allows them to be in control because that is what happens when we are assaulted. We are not in control. So if you're like, I want to recreate this scene, this is what I want to do. I think there's so much healing in it. And also if we're talking about kink, there's different roles, right? And you could be more dominant. You could be more submissive. You can be a switch. There's so many different ways that you can do it. And there's so many different ways that kink looks. Like there is no just like, here's kink in a package. Like, no, every day I'm learning. I'm like, that's a thing. That's a thing. Okay. All right. Yes. I I did an episode previously about like sexual fantasies and I just kind of went on by myself on the podcast and was like, these are my fantasies. And then I was trying to do research and kind of dissect like, what do those fantasies mean about my real life? Like, okay, if I'm, if I'm fantasizing about having a butt plug and then they're sucking my toes simultaneously while someone's watching. And I was like, so we have voyeurism, we have kink, we have fetish. Like there's so much to break down, but I just feel like we don't even realize how that's fighting against sexism, racism. For a lot of us who are, who are in these melanated bodies, like you said, it's just, it seems like something so foreign that we're almost not deserving of just the Mm. experimentation of it Mm. without being judged. And I think too, our communities, like sometimes it is about, like you said, we're, we were taught to be more docile and cute. It's like, there is an element I think of like, um, showing face and, and, um, um, like some kind of secrecy almost to our like communities of like, you don't want to be known as like, oh, she's the thought or like, you know, she asked me to suck her toes. Like there's this kind of like, we always want to keep up appearances. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, a, there's an unpacking to do there too. But I think sometimes before I had realized my power, I would, I would be afraid of how I would be judged if I expressed a sexual experience that my partner was kind of like, whoa, what is, what are you talking about? Totally. And, and then I would get in my head and I would say something. And then once somebody asked, what'd you say? I'd be like, never mind, Cause then you're like, (laughs) they're questioning me, but not realizing I really, when I get nervous, I talk really low. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, never mind. It's fine. Never mind. But it's true. Like we, we've been taught like that we have to be this way because we can't, we're already othered. So I think there's something in there too, is that because we are black and brown, however you identify melanated in this country, we're taught that we need to keep our heads down. We need to just go with whatever, what everybody else is doing, not draw too much attention to ourselves. But why not? Listen, this country is welcome. You brought us here. Welcome. This is what you get. This country wouldn't exist. Also, this is what I've been talking about. I'm like, everyone is welcome for black women because if we really want to be honest, this country would not exist without us. We have been raising people's children. We have been people's secrets. We have been creating other children. Like it, it, we have cleaned, we have washed, we have fed while also raising our own families. So strength, this is why they don't want people to really know, especially black yes. women, because we will we will not burn it down. I don't, I don't want us to get snatched off or <laughs> FBI to come, but we will change this world. We I will change it. There's and there's so many different things. I've been doing research on hallucinogens 
Um, and I am a cannabis user. Mom's got them all over the place. Um, yes. But there's so much, even in there, like I've been doing research on mushrooms. It was beautiful. It was like, I think people use it in different ways, but it, it's a medicine. Like it was, yes. it was outlawed in the late 60s, early 70s, because they understood the unpacking of our brains in the opening, and we would see new things. And they didn't want that. Also, big pharma could make money off of it. But it was legal before. And people were opening up and like understanding. And you see so many things like, let me tell you, it was a journey. (laughs) But like you asked the medicine questions. And I was like, show me where I come from. And I promise you, I saw so many black women, like my ancestors, my mother, my aunts that have passed away. And they were all healers and so strong. And I was like, am I supposed to be doing this work? Yep. It was like, here's what you're supposed to be doing. It showed me how to work specifically with black women and like how to make it a beautiful ritual and like connecting. And it, it's one of those things that you're like, is this, is this happening? And it, it really opened me up. It also like reaffirmed so much within me. Like I struggle with imposter syndrome and it was like, Hey girl, we don't need you to go ahead and stop, stop that, yes. knock it off. Cause you are powerful and you are protected by the we ancestors. Are. We are. Yes. And it showed me some of the ancestors. I was like, Oh, bitch, they came down to stop me. They came. Yes. They're here. Yes. It's, it's a beautiful medicine. And when used appropriately, it can really expand who we are. And I think that's why they don't want us to have it. And black women, especially already running things and taking care of things. If we had that medicine and understood it because our ancestors used it, what we could really do. I was reading yesterday. Someone was like, racism isn't that bad. For who, white man? (laughs) For who? Yes. What? It was a white man who said that. You know, it was. (laughs) I think it's all a game. What game? What are you talking about? But well, also, that, that's like, like Kanye, you know, who said slavery was a choice. So I think he's coming out of the dark hole. I don't know. Yes. I've been seeing him yes. do some moves. But I think yes. it's, it really is the if I seem like I'm bigger, you won't try to push harder. Because if we really mm. do our research, white people are after us. We are closer to the sun. We are the true. And that is why we have melanin. And yes. this is why they are so pale or have yes. fair skin and they're yes. like well that i didn't get oh so you age well you drink water <laughs> you moisturize yes you moisturize yes. so you be, so you're 68 you look 25 yes. question exactly <laughs> question and and it's like but it's something that is never going to be attainable like they can sit in the sun for however long you can buy you can not- paint you can get all the surgeries, the box braids and the, but it's the so acrylics. interesting because these are all the things that they allegedly hate about us. Exactly. I mean, you know, I don't want to name apart. no names, but Kardashians, um, yes. <laughs> as much as y'all be talking about, I remember what y'all looked like back at the time. Hello? Y'all have evolved on different levels. And I'm not here to body shame because mama's got, well, I did some body contour another day. It was magical. Got a little more in my booty. But, yes. <laughs> but it was just for me and moving my own body. I didn't add in. I wasn't trying to mimic the way someone else's body looks that I'm suppressing. 
or oppressing. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And that is, that's the root of it is that we, it's as being the oppressed people, it's like, we can't really, it's going to be really difficult for us to oppress these other groups who have been oppressing us. It don't work. It doesn't work. I'm just like, it doesn't work. Systematically, it does not work. People are like, you're racist. I'm like, nah. I'm like, no. It doesn't go up. It comes down. You know, this makes me really excited to uh, watch your video for all of your non-black new followers because I feel like this is, this is on brand. Okay. (laughs) It's a lot of, it's a lot of, it's been like, it's been a heavy feeling, right? Like, my first question is, why are you here? Exactly. I've been doing this work. I've been in school forever. I Listen, I graduated with a master's degree, found a whole new program within the, the two weeks. My family was like, really, we're doing this? Because I think there's so much education, but it's like, there's so many Black people, beautiful, magical, that have been doing this. I have had like an influx of like 2,000 people in the last week following me. I'm like, Oh God, who are you? Yes, yes, I know. Yes. And it's like, what is your purpose? Are you here to, because I'm not trusting. I don't trust it. What are you here for? Are you here to look? Are you here to get educated? Are you here to throw some money and make yourself feel better? Like, what are you mm. here for? Are you here to learn? Are you here to take up space? These are the questions right. I have for people. Exactly. And, and my friend, something, you know, similar, it happened to her and she had, she made a video and she said, you know, do not refer to me as a resource. She was like, a resource is a book, a a video, a resource is whatever type of a course learning you want to do. But she's like, but I'm a human and I'm only speaking to the experiences that I've had and my perspective. If you want to come learn from me, then actually listen to what I'm saying. And pay me exactly, but don't send all these people my way and say she's a great resource. Again, meaning that mm. I'm just here for your consumption. Like mm. you're just gonna take what I'm teaching and my learnings, and yeah. then you're like, cool, got it, done. I'm out. You're not actually interested in like the person, the human that I am. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that was that's, that's beautiful. You know, that's you know. So it's like we are not resources. We are unless unless you are paying, <laughs> like you said, unless you're paying for my expertise. Yeah. I'm a human. I'm a, I am a black woman, I, but I'm still, you still have to appreciate what I'm saying, what I'm actually saying. Are you listening to what I'm actually saying? Uh-huh. This is what I also tell people, like, are you listening to hear or are you listening to respond? Mm. What are we doing? What is this? What are we doing? I said that to my dad the other day. We were talking politics. I was like, so it sounds uh-huh. like you're not listening to me. You're listening yes. to respond. So you want to fight. I was like, you know what? I have to go because I didn't raise my voice. Yes, yes. Yes. So you just came to fight. Yeah, you just came to fight. And some people will show up on our social media just to fight. And I'm like, I just delete you because you're not paying me to fight. You don't deserve my energy. You don't deserve my time. For what? Because you already don't care about my views and my opinions. So this is this influx of new people. And I'm like, why weren't you following black people before? Did you just hear about black people? Is this new for you? They did. They, <laughs> I think it is new. I think what, like they had whoever are their influencers that they, you know, hold on a pedestal said minions come fault. We are all going to follow these people. They are doing the good work and they decided that it's going to make them look good. And it's the same thing as saying, 
um, well, you know, my, I have black friends they're like, well, now they can say, well, I follow a lot of black people on Instagram. Like, that's what it is to me. That's the equivalent of being like, well, I dated a black, someone black. It's like, okay, what what does that have to do with with me or or black people as a whole? And and I I want people to know that this conversation isn't, we hate, we hate everybody. Like, that's not what it is. It's, Yes. Trying to find out people's intentions because we have seen how this goes over and over again. And it is a protection of ourselves, yes. of our gifts, of our bodies, of our beings, because over and over and over again, like you said, you're just coming to consume. Right. So you come stay, learn come. some things, buy some courses, yes. buy something like exactly. whatever. But exactly. if you're just coming to say, no, I follow... Uh, Gemma, I don't know how to pronounce her name, but she do fun stuff. No. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I think to just to bring it back full circle is like, that's where your boundaries come into play. Cause I feel like that's where I'm like, you know, I'm open to, to meeting new people and sharing new experiences. And I don't want to say that all black people are, are bad. Like you said, even though honestly, I had a good week where I was like, listen, <laughs> like no one talked to me like I had I think I had to have a good week where I was just like if you are not a black person mm-hmm. I just need a break I just couldn't need a t- I just need a, a time away yeah, from you I mean and it's not anything personal ooh, it's not but also as someone who my girlfriend is white mm-hmm. she's a tall Jewish woman yes who has to and we talk about she was like here's all the work I'm doing I don't want to bother you I don't want to ask you any questions would you yes. be okay to like, can I check in on you? Like these are even about you having your relationships because I'm sure there's people that are listening that have partners that are black. And that's a whole yes. other thing. Like I was like right. talking about what that looks like for you, I think is also really important. And also about like, I was like, Hey, what are all these white girls doing? She was like, I'm so sorry for my people. Can I tell you what they think? And I was like, please do. Cause I'm ready to fight. And she was like, Okay, so they've awakened. I know it sounds dumb as shit. Let's talk about it. And I was like, thank you for translating. <laughs> right? Like, yes. so even being mindful of your partners and like what those partnerships look like, especially in a time like this. And this brings up for me, like, when I talk about being an ally versus an accomplice in sex, mm. in life, in partnerships. Right. Like, what does that mean? Are we like, yes, go you. Yay. Or are we like, I got you. You know what? Stay at home. She went and protested and was like, I'm protesting so you can be at home safe. Yes. That's what I'm saying, bitch. You yes. better go ahead. I'm- that's what I said. That's what I'm saying. Okay. When I see the other uh, protests, I'm like, yes, y'all better. Yes. Come through. Exert the energy. Be a shield. Like, and I, and I appreciate yeah. that. And I'm, I'm so glad that you brought that up because. I feel like I, I do have a lot of beautiful, strong black friends who are in interracial relationships. And I think I'm like, so what does that mm-hmm. look like? I, I had a friend and we went to go, we all went to go see, um, slave play by Jeremy Harris. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot, there are a lot of dynamics in there in, in interracial relationships. And afterwards, my friend, she's a black woman and her boyfriend is white. And, and he was like, let's dissect it. That was so powerful. And I'm going with him. I'm like, yeah, and this happened and this is great. And she's like, I can't talk about this. I don't want to talk about it right now. It's a lot for me to unpack. And, and, you know, I was just like, is it obviously it was because she's in an interracial relationship and I need to do my, I want to ask her more. Is it because like she has guilt there about being in an interracial relationship? Um, and, and this play happened to kind of 
highlight the more negative mm-hmm. reasons. Mm-hmm. What does being in an interracial relationship feel like? Like it how feels are you, like a lot. Do you feel judged? Do you feel judged? Do you feel criticized? Like, do you feel like your black followers or people who support you, are they like, well, she's with a white woman, so she's not really down? Well, I, I one, that's my boundary. I don't put my relationships on the internet because I got to keep something for myself. Yes. Yes, something. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all have a lot of my business. Yeah. Um, yes. But it looks like a lot of conversations. I think just in general, right? Like when we mm-hmm. talk, it's like we have a lot to learn about each other and like what yes. comes up for us, what triggers us, like what types of traumas we have. But it's also like we us walking through the world is two different things. I read a post yesterday. Um, Jessamine Stanley posted it. I don't know if you know Jessamine. Um, I yes. love, I love them. They are, Me they too. are just magical. Yes, yes. And they were talking about what it looks like to have a white partner and how there are levels of still unpacking and feeling like you can't mm-hmm. do certain things and like feeling awkward and being like, am I adapting to the whiteness or am I bringing in other things? So it may be for some people, like I'm constantly like, mm, nah. And I'll be like, Hey, that's not white. I'm not doing that. That's nah. <laughs> that's not it that's not it she was she, yes. even yesterday she was like would you want to go learn how to scuba dive i was like no it's like nope <laughs> i was like nah my anxiety say nah and she was like okay that's fair yeah. like but it's setting the boundaries and continuing to have conversations because things in the world are going to come up there may be things her being jewish maybe something's going to come up this way maybe this is going to come up for me being queer being polyamorous there's so many different levels so i think for us that are in interracial relationships there needs to be the continuous conversation and the check-ins but also knowing like today i don't fuck with nobody and that is okay like i'd be like i don't fuck with people today bye (laughs) (laughs) and she was like okay let me know if you need anything like the boundaries of this means i don't want to talk to people i want to get high and watch cartoons or watch wrestling let's be wrong i'm not watching cartoons watch wrestling and watch food things like if that's what you need i think that's so important but communication and like being willing to be uncomfortable on both sides that's that's real that's so real because i know too being uncomfortable has a lot to do with our ability to be intimate. Like you, I think you have to be able to be uncomfortable and do the work towards intimacy. Otherwise it's just kind of like, it's, it's something that you will never achieve. Letting people see your imperfections, understanding other people's imperfections, communicating them and, and being uncomfortable in those, in that time and doing the work. But growth comes in those spaces, right? If we're constantly doing the same thing over and over again, and we're so comfortable, that's stagnant. We want to keep evolving. We want to be uncomfortable and be yes. like, I don't know if I, oh, I did it. Look at this. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's also kind of like a little gift to yourself. Like, I didn't know I could be here. Like, I'm constantly like, oh, 12 year old me would be like, who in the hell? Oh my, yes. <laughs> yes. But that's so beautiful. Oh, I love that. Like, I love that you just said that. It's like, it's a gift when you see yourself and you're like, wow look at the growth and and you're in a place like you said where you just maybe even a year ago you could have never even nope. imagined <laughs> that you would be in this place sometimes because again i was with my grandmother she's just turned 78 i'm telling her business and she'd be like sometimes she'll be like huh and i'm like what girl she's like did you think you would be here i was like 
No, she was like, me neither. No. This is something else. <laughs> I'd be like, isn't it? She was like, yeah. Isn't it? Right. Because <sighs> it's really your family. It's really your family that wants that. Be like, wow. This is a, this is like the person in front of me. Like, they've you been know there. them so well. But they've been, yes, they've seen it. And it's different for, like you said, people who come into your life maybe now and they maybe have these, you know, preconceived mm-hmm. kind of ideas of who you are based on how you present yourself right now in this moment. But you're like, no child. Let me tell you, you know this, this, this years journey. ago. <laughs> yes. It, you would think maybe a, a couple different things about accurate. It. <laughs> so accurate. <Yes>. Woo. <laughs> well, this has been so, 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 so incredibly just beautiful. And the energy it's like, I know we're all remote and, and trying to just collab and create things as much as we can, the best, that best ways that we can, but I feel your energy. I felt your energy in this conversation and I want to give you know, a chance to plug anything that you have coming up, what you're working on. How can the people find you on the internet? Like, what does that look like? Please share. I don't know what I'm working on. (laughs) I don't know. There's things. I know I'm doing things. Yes. Yes, We are are. continuing to fundraise. So my baby is my retreat for uh, sexual assault survivors. The first one is focused on femmes of color, sexual assault survivors. I say femmes because I'm not the gatekeeper of what a woman is. And if you identify, yes. please, please apply. Um, actually, the applications are closed right now. We, My goal, uh, it was supposed to happen in April, but since it didn't, we have more time to fundraise. So it's all fundraise. Beautiful. My goal is to make this as low cost as possible. So I want mm. people to show up and right. not have to stress about the financials and just show up to receive healing. Um, yes. So we're working on that. Um, follow my social media. It's Jiminika on everything. Because that's what my manager told me to do. People can find me. Um, and my website is uh, traumaqueen.love. And if you want to find out about the retreat, it is tendingthegarden.love. Okay, beautiful. And I will add all of that information into the show notes so people Yay. can easily tap into that. But thank you again so much. Thank you everyone for listening. Like, subscribe, share this incredible conversation. And we will see you all next time. Bye. So peace. Bye.